Hello and welcome back to the Into the Adultverse podcast. Today's episode is going to be on first principles thinking and it'll be a quickie so hopefully you guys can bear with us but we think this is a really really great way to reverse engineer a problem and really really figure out the root cause of you know what is the problem and how can I solve it best and we'll go a little bit into exactly what first principles thinking is and um, how you can apply it to your own life and different ways that people have applied it in their lives as well. All right, welcome back, folks, to the Into the Adultverse podcast experience extravaganza. Uh, we have a very interesting topic of discussion today. First principles thinking. It's something not a lot of people really you know, think about. A lot of people may not even be really familiar with the term, but intuitively, or at least by experience, you've 100% encountered um, at least like one person, um, either firsthand or just I don't know through the magic of the internet, uh, who is a first principles thinker. Uh, so, what exactly, Fuad Ali is a first principles thinker? Yeah, for sure. So basically, the idea is you break down a problem into its very very basic elements and laws and theorems. And then you reassemble it from the ground up. So a first principles thinker is someone who does that with, you know, whatever problem they face or, you know, not everything needs to be remade. Obviously, some things work. I got my cup of coffee right here. You know, it works. I'm going to I'm going to leave it as it is. But uh, there are definitely a lot of things that we do where, you know, we haven't really taken the time to ask, hey, you know, why do we do it this way? What's the actual problem being solved? What are the basic elements and constraints of this problem? And maybe we can can we do it better? Right. And I think. You know, there's a lot of examples out there. And one of the most popular examples of a first principle thinker is Elon Musk. Um, you know, I think each one of his companies is an example of a first principles thinking applied to a problem space. Mm-hmm. You know, with Tesla, it's like, well, we've always driven like this. We always have gas powered cars. But why can't we make this better? Like, why can't we have electric cars that are good, that are fun to drive, long distance sexy. and sexy? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, why do they have to be Nissan Leafs, right? Um, no disrespect, <laughs> Nissan. <laughs> a little disclaimer there. but uh, And then with SpaceX as well, right? And we'll get into this in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, SpaceX is essentially Elon Musk looking at rockets and space travel and being like, hey, you know, we've done it this way. Governments have always sponsored space projects. You know, rockets have always been like million, even billion dollar projects. How do we make this cheaper? Can we make it cheaper? Can a private company go to space? what is the actual problem being solved here? We just need to launch something into the atmosphere, right? Yeah. And so, uh, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of examples for it, but that's basically what a first principles thinker is. Yeah, there's, you know, it's interesting because there's so much coupled in this, in this kind of topic, in this area of epistemology. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting because this is probably the one thing that can really unlock your true inner individual potential. Um, most mm-hmm. people, and this is kind of like the easy way to go about it, because obviously first principles thinking is effortful. Like it's not easy upending everything that you know um, and trying to break Definitely. everything down to its, like you said, component parts, right? Most of us, mm-hmm. when we're doing our thinking and when we're navigating life, we're doing so by analogy. Like we're looking at what like basically prior knowledge that exists um in this domain yeah um we're looking at either our own experience or you know what other people have gone through generally research that you see online and we make 
our decisions based on that. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. not it's not wrong by any means and it's not a it's not mm-hmm. a bad course of action but you know reasoning by analogy still leaves way for you to make bad decisions you're not really absolutely formally thinking through things you're more so just kind of applying pattern recognition to it um and again mm-hmm. it has its place and it's for sure like the most accessible way to navigate life and to think through things but you know first principle is thinking this is the area where you really see like geniuses and like the notable notable notorious people like come to light some of the brilliant brilliant mm-hmm. minds of all time right like aristotle euclid mm-hmm. feynman is a fantastic um example they all use this ability to accelerate their learning and solve difficult problems and create great work and it's a phenomenal thing to see it in uh in play mm-hmm. But how can you become a first principles thinker? It's 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 a little tricky because like it's it's like what does that mean? Like how do you like break something down, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, let's go through a couple, I guess, steps that you can try. And this is full disclosure. What like Elon says, he does. Um, yeah. We're only slightly Elon fanboys in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Speak for yourself. I'm a full-on fanboy out here. <laughs> yeah, that was your former employer. So, you, I mean, like, that's kind of... Yes, sir. Uh, can't, a, can't say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, though. Hands your tie. Hands your tie. Also, if uh, <laughs> Mr. Elon himself would like to give our very own Fuad Ali a SpaceX internship, we would very much appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, moving on. So, step one. Identify and define your current assumptions. Now, what does that mean? So... Think, uh, I guess like let's let's open up this topic with a quote from the uh, great Albert Einstein. If I had an hour okay. to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and five minutes thinking about solutions. So mm-hmm. when you're next faced with a familiar problem or challenge, don't kind of just take it for granted. Don't jump into the um, solution by association or the uh, sorry by analogy. Think of mm-hmm. like write about, write down your assumptions about the problem, and break down mm-hmm. the problem uh, into yeah like into those assumptions. So, a, a common like examples from everyday life in like everyday life in business, health, and whatever, could be like yeah. growing my business will cost a lot of money. I have to struggle and starve to become a successful artist. Um, I yeah. can't you know here's our favorite health example. I can't find enough time to work out and reach my weight loss goals. Those mm-hmm. are, so let's let's break those down, right? What so first person was thinking? What do you need to grow a profitable business? I need to sell products or services to get more customers. Does it have mm-hmm. to cost a lot of money to sell to new customers? No, not necessarily. But you know, you'll probably need to access these new customers inexpensively and figure out how you can do that. Um, who mm-hmm. has this access, and how can you create like a win-win deal? Well, you know, you could probably partner with other businesses that serve the same customer and split the profits 50-50. Whereas the flip side of this whole thing would be, you know, um, the assumption would be that I can't grow my business. It'll cost too much money. And you stop there, yeah. right? Or with the fitness uh, analogy would be, I can't find enough time to work out and achieve my weight loss goals. Where first principles thinking would say, I, um, what do you really need to reach that weight loss goal? It would be, I need to exercise yeah. more, preferably five days a week. 
uh, for an hour at a time? Could you lose weight exercising less frequently? And how? Possibly, you know, I could try yeah. to work out. Or maybe you should target your diet instead. Exactly. And you don't really need to spend that much time working out. Right? Yeah, the entire moral of this whole thing is don't just take your assumptions about a problem for granted. Keep asking yeah. why. Keep asking why. Keep asking why. And then eventually, you know, the first answer you give is going to be your bullshit answer. That's just the intuitive yeah. answer you give if anybody were to ask you. But once you ask, yeah. it's like roughly at around like the third why. That's when you finally mm-hmm. start to get down to the real, like, juicy details of the problem. Yeah. And uh, that's absolutely. where you can really flourish with, like, the interesting ideas. For sure. Yeah. One, one way that I like to understand this, and for those of you who are, like, uh, more, like, analogy-driven, uh, a good analogy for this is the cook versus the chef, where a cook, uh, you know, follows recipes that, you know, other people have created or that exist online or whatever it is. And he follows the instructions to the T and he can make amazing meals. Like he can make really, really good yeah. meals, right? Um, and the difference between a cook and a chef is that a cook can't do anything without his recipe. Mm-hmm. Once the recipe is gone and he doesn't have that prior data, because he doesn't really understand how food works together and how ingredients work together, he can't come up with that recipe on his own, right? Or she can't come up with that recipe on their own. Whereas the chef like truly, truly understands how ingre- ingredients play into each other, how different flavors work. And they can create those themselves and they don't really need to follow a recipe. Um, the same way, like there's like the coach versus the play stealer yeah. analogy where, um, you know, uh, a true coach understands, you know, how the players on his team are, what their strengths are and tries different things based on his understanding of it. Whereas, you know, a play stealer just has a few plays and just he knows that this is typically a play that typically works in the scenario and other people have done it before. So he just does that. And, you know, that usually works, but when it won't work is when you come across a scenario where there isn't a precedent or there's a difficult situation where, you know, your current plan isn't working and precedent doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when, you know, the real coach is going to show his strength. Absolutely. That's actually a really good example of like analogy versus um, first principles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the other two steps there, which you kind of covered in those examples were um, once you challenge your assumptions, then you got to break down the pro- the problem into its fundamental principles, and then um, uh, lastly, it's to create new solutions from scratch. So that's why mm-hmm. I think it's like really interesting because you are kind of giving yourself permission to rethink the way that things are done. Like it's so easy, mm-hmm. and like that's a it, it, like within the realm of like entrepreneurship, like that whole saying, like oh, you know. This, yeah. it's just always this is just how we've always done it like this it's yeah. a dangerous saying like it doesn't leave way for any innovation so dangerous, yeah it doesn't lead way for any you know just any magic to happen you're just stuck rooted in your ways and you don't you're not going to kind of grow from that um and it's so could you like could you imagine a world where everybody was a first principles thinker i don't know if that would be an amazing like, it, it would be an amazing thing in its own right but like i don't know if it would just be pure pandemonium would it be a utopia? Yeah, that's like, the thing. I don't think it would be effective. Like, like how I try and the, I think that, like science is a great example of yeah. this. So uh, there's a really good quote from Carl Sagan that I have here that says, science is a way of thinking much more than it is a body of knowledge, right? So we yes. cl- classically think of like, a lot of people don't think of science this way where they're like, oh, you know, science says this, right? Science doesn't say anything. Science is just a scientific process, like re- achieving results and conclusions that, you know, may or may not be true, right? And it's a really interesting problem. Actually, this reminds me of an excellent... I don't know if you watch Jubilee on YouTube. I haven't, no. Wait, actually... Okay, so they're really, really... Uh, the, yeah, okay. I think I've seen a couple of their videos. Yeah. 
You probably have. Really you, they're they're really stuff, really right? cool. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. But they're a really really cool YouTube channel. Uh, and you know, me and my boys have been watching it uh, on some late night activities recently because <laughs> it's a great it's a great YouTube channel for some late night activities. Uh, but essentially, um, they do they do a lot of um, you know this versus this videos yeah. where they bring three people into a room who are like feminists and then three people who are like men's rights activists and they're like talk right. Uh, and they'll moderate discussion and ensure it doesn't get ugly and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's a really, really interesting watch to, like, you know, understand different people's perspectives. And they have this amazing video on flat earthers versus scientists. Mm-hmm. And it's three flat earthers and three scientists. And I think they, like, one of the scientists brought up a really good point where um, they, and this will relate to first principles thinking shortly. But basically they were saying how, you know, in science, sometimes you can't always rethink everything because in order to make progress, you need to actually like stand on the shoulders of giants, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't rethink everything you do. Like you can't be like, oh, is this how I should put my pants on in the morning? Like, no, like there, you should just put your pants <laughs> on in the morning. Otherwise you would like, you know, be paralyzed by, you know, thinking and, and, and things like that. And so I think one, one thing that's really important is like to r- carefully consider what to apply first principles thinking to. Like even Elon Musk with SpaceX, like he didn't redesign how rocket propulsion works, mm-hmm. right? He didn't redo thermodynamics. Like, there were still assumptions he made and, you know, AKA standing on the shoulders of giants, like that allowed him to reach that far. Right. He, he rethought things in terms of process and, you know, government contracts and things like that, but there were still things that he operated on assumption by. Um, but I think it's important to note that like some of the most famous scientific discoveries, like of not, not our generation, but any generation have been through first principles thinking where somebody takes a look at something and it's like, you know, maybe Newton's laws don't really fully cover this. Like maybe there's another explanation, you know, what exactly is gravity? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, when Einstein's uh, general theory of relativity came out. Right. So like things, things like that, um, I think are really important to consider, but it's also like, just as important to consider when to apply for single first principles thinking. Like personally, you know, I'm not interested in being a chef and, you know, I can understand a couple of ingredients, but sometimes I just need to follow the recipe. Right. Yes. And that's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is where the polymath versus the specialist kind of comes into. We <clears throat> like mo- realistically, most of us aren't really built in order to thrive in multiple different domains. Like at most, mm-hmm. maybe like two or three. But you know, there's very few of us that can actually proudly claim the title of polymath. Yeah, but it's interesting though. Like with the whole flat earther versus the. Um, like the scientist thing that you brought up because like even highly recommend the video by the way yeah i'll link it in the description honestly and i'll send it those to you. are both the like most entertaining and most frustrating videos to watch sometimes they're scary yeah they're so scary yeah because that's yeah. the thing like even with first principles thinking it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be right like with first principles thinking you can still come to the flat earth conclusion yeah and that's i, I guess that's a tricky thing like i didn't really think uh, prior to this like that deep into it but there's definitely ways where first principles thinking can still go wrong oh for sure yeah it's interesting yeah that's a really good point actually so why don't we pivot this conversation tell me about a time in which you really use first principles first sorry first principles thinking uh in order to like you know achieve something or like redesign how you approach something in life oh that's uh, i mean i guess i should have expected the question going into this conversation you should have uh, you chose the topic yeah. brother <laughs> um it's, I can go first if you don't have one, but well, I'm I have trying one to think because like there's generally yeah. I'm trying to think of an, like a good example because like there have mm-hmm. been honestly like the more recently I guess because like scheduling my days has become a more uh, topical thing recently for me mm-hmm. is really 
challenging the like yeah the assumptions it's one of our favorite excuses to give on anything not just on fitness that we used earlier but that excuse of oh i just don't have the time there's a bunch of things that i really wanted to do like exciting projects to take on and like you know i'm like in school right now so it's hard to kind of balance that so i'm just constantly mm. challenging that like i'm constantly re-auditing my time and trying to get a proper clear picture of how am I spending my time right now? And is it really, am I really too busy to fit that in? And, you know, mm-hmm. like it's turned out like nine times out of 10, I really am not too busy. I'm just inefficient with my time. So yeah. I'm just trying to break my days down into as minute of a part as possible so that I can figure out how I can squeeze the things that I want to in. Uh, and that's kind of mm-hmm. more, one of the more salient examples that I have of what I've done recently. But what about you? Mm-hmm. That's a great example. I think scheduling is for sure one of those problems that, you know, there are a ton of solutions that exist, but it's not that hard to think of it yourself, yeah. right? It's it's an example where first principles thinking is often worth it because you don't need to reinvent your entire life to to do this, right? Yeah. You just need to like sit down, really figure out how you schedule, why you schedule, like what tools you want to use, and then just do it, right? Um, and I think one thing to note on this example too is that uh, first principles thinking is characterized also by the experimental nature of it. You know, yes. with first principles thinking, it's very exploratory and experimental in nature in the sense of you don't know if you're right. And that's part of the beauty of it. Because you're doing something completely differently from how it's been done before, you might be wrong, right? 100%. Um, and so it's important to weigh that risk too, right? Like if something, you know, isn't the best way, but it's like 90% effective, then like, you know, is it really worth it to try and redo it completely, like to have like a 20% chance of success, right? Sometimes you got to weigh your risk and realize that. You know, it's not really that important to rethink this from first principles, but then sometimes it is, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the scenarios in which it's evidently super, super worth it in order to, you know, kind of experiment things and like, you know, try different scheduling softwares out exactly. and like really figure out how to do that. That's what it's, it's really um, important to be like honest with yourself through this. Because otherwise, if you're not mm-hmm. honest with yourself, you are, first of all, you're not a clear thinker, let alone a good first principles thinker. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's the best policy. We learned this in, yes, uh, in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, you know, sometimes this is the best life lessons, right? Yeah. But, um, shout out to the golden rule. That's still, uh, you know, one of my favorite rules. <laughs> one of the only rules I like, to be honest. But um, anyways, uh, going back to my example, I think there's two really big scenarios in which I've kind of applied first principles, blah, 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 first principles <laughs> thinking to my life. Um, I think the first way that I've really applied first principles thinking and one way that really stands out to me is like throughout the job hunt. Mm. Um, and I like to say this on a lot of my coffee chats, um, you know, getting a job sounds like a really nebulous or, okay, I'll, I'll keep this specific to software because that's where I have the most expertise, but getting a software engineering internship to be specific, uh, which is a characteristic of a first person's thinking, you have to be specific with your problem statement, but, um, mm. is, it seems like a very nebulous problem. It seems like, you know, oh, there's a lot of moving parts. It's really like, it's a combination of luck and like other factors and hard work, whatever it is. But um, I really tried to approach it with first person thinking after I got like three to four hundred rejections in my first, you know, first year applying for internships because I was like, this is obviously not working. Like, you know, what people have been telling me, it might be great advice and well intentioned, but maybe I'm still not applying in the right system. And so I decided to sit down and really like break it down. And there's really two steps, and I say this on a lot of my coffee shops. There's two steps to getting a job. There's get the interview and crush the interview. And that's really like when you break it down all the way. There's only those two steps, mm-hmm. right? And so I took those two steps and. I broke it down further. I'm like, okay, well, how do you get an interview? Well, your resume needs to be fucking good, right? Like that's at the end of the day in software engineering, 
like that's it that's it's your resume make or break or unless you have a referral or like word of mouth thing right right so there's like so that we just identified like three avenues for, uh, that which you can really double down then it's like okay what goes into a good resume what goes into you know getting referrals and, and getting recruiter contacts and what goes into like having a good pitch and then you just focus on those problems and those problems in and of themselves aren't super hard you can like read you know, 10 articles on like how to make a good cold pitch and then start DMing people immediately, right? It wouldn't take longer than a night. Um, and obviously, you know, you learn and you get better as you go on, but like to get started isn't too bad. Um, and then to like, you know, crush the interview, like, you know, you just, you got to interview prep as hard as you mm-hmm. can, right? And so really breaking it down into those, you know, two basic underlying problems and forgetting about my assumptions about like luck and hard work and all that um, really helped like elucidate like how to get, the job best for me um and that that's an instance of where first was thinking really right. really worked for me yeah it's super yeah. interesting how you know we have a given problem before us and we kind of take that for granted like we just see that they like, just kind of flat in our face like okay this is what i have to deal with right now but mm-hmm. once we start asking these questions you start to realize that there's a bunch <laughs> of tiny little problems embedded in that giant umbrella of that seemingly just monolithic problem that you had before and, mm-hmm. and the solutions composed. Yeah, yeah, the solutions yeah. composed. And yeah. that's, you have, you know, in, in dissecting that problem, you can now conjure up multiple solutions for it. You know, you break down mm-hmm. the problem, you get new solutions, but it can also help elucidate different avenues of attacking that problem too. Because like before, mm-hmm. like, and this ties back to the systems versus, uh, versus outcome-based uh, thinking as well too. But, yeah. you know, like once you start breaking it down, then, yeah, you can just start ideating for like seemingly endless like an amount of different uh, tiny fractions of it. It's like every problem is Absolutely. fractal. Yeah. I So, yeah. And then a little bit of a side, too. I think in software engineering, like first principles thinking is like king. Like there's so yeah. many like in my day to day as an engineer, like there's so many, so many instances where first principles thinking is so important. Um, and like. I think the best example of it is like when I tried to code my first website and like, this is the advice I give people a lot, like who are like, Oh, I don't know how to start with a project. Like I want to build this, but like, like, wow, like how the fuck do I build this? This is so difficult. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, you know, even building your first website, it's like, it's like, what do you want your website to be? Let's like make it very specific. Like, let's say it's just like a portfolio website where you want to have different tabs of your experiences. Mm -hmm. Right. Well then, you know, it becomes really simply like, well, what is a website? What does a website have? It has an icon Mm -hmm. at the top, a title, you know, it has, you know, text displayed. It has, you know, like a bunch of images. It has some styles and, um, you know, it has a couple of buttons like contact me and things like that, right? And it's like, okay, well, break it down to its most essential thing. How do you get text on a website, right? Mm-hmm. And that's HTML. And then it's like, how do you make that text look pretty? Well, then that's CSS. And you can get into like specifically like, how do you want to make it pretty? And then how do you make that button work? Well, that's JavaScript, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can get into like specific functionality of how the button works, right? But it's really easy to just write a script that sends a button click, right? It's really easy to just put some text on a website, right? And then gradually, you know, you start composing those problems into each other. And then, you know, after a week, you have a website. Mm-hmm. And so in software engineering, it, it's it's an industry where first principles thinking is very, very much encouraged and so evident throughout your day-to-day where, you know, any bug that you come across, like you really like have to be like, okay, well, what is this code doing? Like, why do we even have to do this? Do we even have to do this? Um, can we like make it better in some way or can we just rewrite it? Right. And then maybe the bug is gone, right? And so, yeah, really, really great way of thinking through first principles thinking and like testing as well. Like, you know, 90% of software engineering is testing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, don't quote me on the statistics, but a lot of software engineering is t- testing. And when you test your code, you're like, the first thing you do is like, 
oh, why am I doing this in the first place? Then? <laughs> like, am I doing what I actually thought I was doing? Like, my function says I do this, but like, did I really do it? And like, let me check with like a bunch of different scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, super, super methodical, super good way to apply it to kind of, I guess, people out there like thinking to start a project or, you know, working on like problems of their own. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, uh, I mean, this whole realm of tech is, it seems on the surface, one of the easier industries or like areas of knowledge to apply first principles thinking to just because like the whole area it's kind of encouraged mm-hmm. right and i mean it's especially Absolutely. considering the accessibility of tech like you can make a shit ton of money if you can apply first principles thinking to that domain um something mm-hmm. like you're picking up like an instrument for the first time or something like that like that's not really on the surface it doesn't seem like one of those things where it's as accessible to apply first principles thinking to but yeah you do have to acknowledge that you kind of got to you got to go through the basics first like pick up the fundamentals before you can start Mm -hmm. reinventing the wheel so to say yeah Yeah, and i think this goes back to like choosing and picking like what you want to apply your first principles thinking to Mm -hmm. like enough people have picked up an instrument for the first time like maybe you don't need to redo how people learn scales right but you know maybe there's like a cool thing you can do with your hand that allows you to reach these two strings right like and then you get your Jimi Hendrixes, right? So, like, there, there's still a role for first principles thinking, I think, for sure. I think music is one of those fields where, like, first principles thinking is, like, super valid. Like, you know, people are like, well, what if you just, like, sample-based music? Like, that didn't exist before, right? And then somebody had to think of that in the first place, right? Like, what if you just took this song and, like, repeated the chorus and then, you know, made a new beat on top of it? And then yeah. that sample-based, you know, music, right? I've also seen... Um, and somebody... Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I've also yeah. seen, like uh this is a movie like august rush but like people using a guitar as like a like a drum like a percussion instrument and like hitting on the strings. yeah yeah like, those videos are awesome yeah, what the yeah. hell i, ne- I would never it's thought like oh that. i need percussion in a song and like that's you know the first like basic need and then you take it back you're like well why do i have to have a separate instrument for it? yeah right? right yeah there you go uh, perfect example of it yeah um yeah check your underlying assumptions and really figure that out uh question for you what's an instance where you feel like you don't need to apply first principles thinking in your life, like, you know, in terms of prioritizing and things like that. Like, you just want to go off of, like, what other people have done and you think that's okay for you at that moment. I think it's definitely as it relates to the more routine and basic tasks as you go through life. And, of course, like, there's there's room for um, streamlining in, like, pretty much everywhere. Um, but you have to try and identify which kind of aspects of your life are consuming the most amount of time. Like those things that, like, okay, if you're spending eight hours a day at work, maybe applying first principles thinking to your work might be something that would be prudent mm. to look at, right? If you're spending yeah. f- five seconds to tie your shoelaces, maybe it's not something you really need to apply first principles thinking to. But yeah. I think it's a very subjective thing too because first principles thinking can be applied to anything. Like if you care, if you really care about something, I think it might be worthwhile to spend like a couple of minutes challenging the assumptions that you hold about how you do it and try and attack it from a new angle. It doesn't necessarily mean that it'll bear fruit and that it'll improve the way you do that thing. But Mm -hmm. maybe you learn something new about that, like whatever you were doing along the way, right? Um, even mm-hmm. if you identify ways that don't work better, that's still valid as well. And I'm sure like if mm-hmm. it comes to somebody who is like doing that thing for the first time or whatever, you can help steer them along the way. Like, Hey, you know, this doesn't really work. I tried yeah. it myself, um, and share that knowledge. Awesome. I think, you know, let's keep it short. Yeah, I think we talked about some really actionable advice. Um, you know, first principle thinking is a great way of looking at things and a great way 
of, you know, applying a methodical approach to, you know, assumed problems in your life. At the same time, you know, I think there are a lot of moments in which you really got to prioritize and think, hey, is this worth it? And, you know, that prioritization process is different for everybody and something you get better at. But I think we, you know, yeah. I think we killed it. And like, don't, 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 <laughs> like, don't have any expectations going in. Like, don't expect mm. to reinvent, reinvent the wheel when you go in to apply first principles thinking. Like, more likely than not, you're mm-hmm. not going to end up coming up with the next theory of gravity or whatever it may be. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't improve your own life just a little bit through that process and find ways, mm-hmm. you know, and share that, you know, help other people do that as well. Um, yeah. So if you listen to the end of this, since this is a shorter episode, uh, reach out to us and tell us what's one thing in your life where you've applied for specific thinking mm-hmm. and it's it's paid off dividends for you. I'm curious. I want to hear your life hacks. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah. Until next time. Thank you.